Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. Today we have here with us Lynn Ledbetter. Hello. Robert Edwards. Hey. And myself, Ash Fezula. And we are going to be talking about the infamous topic of PPP today. Yay. Yay, right? <laughs> Reminds me of a Dolly Parton song, Here We Go Again. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And before we get started, I also want to wish everyone a happy new year. I know there's been a lot of changes and we are going to talk a little bit about, you know, PPP and the new bill that just recently passed. But again, with a positive note, let's start the new year. Yeah. We were hoping it was going to be completely different and better, right? And I don't think that has been the case. It is. It is. We're we're on our way. We knew it wouldn't be like a light switch change. So True. But with the new changes and the new law, it, every day we're learning something new and there's new information. So it's like April and March all over again in that <laughs> regard. So hopefully this will be the only big thing that's going on that's different. Knock on wood there, but <laughs> right. that's, that's what we're hoping. So let's talk about the changes that came down with the stimulus that our clients care about related to PPP. So what are some of the changes that happened? I think they were all good. We we acknowledge they're all in the client's interest. So they were all positive. They were all good. And they were all amazingly things that, that I think we, we and the clients hoped for, Mm -hmm. but now that they've happened, nobody's mentioning them. They're moved on to Mm -hmm. let's get another PPP loan. That's true. Yeah. That was part of it. Actually, that was part of the, the stimulus that came through was another round of PPP. And we'll talk about that. But I think the other changes that we had hoped for that we believed we would get and we did get is the simplified forgiveness for loans under $150,000. So that had already been uh, simplified for loans under $50,000, PPP loans under $50,000. And they extended that to $150,000. We'll talk about that more later. But then the big one, I think, was the deduction of the PPP cost. Absolutely. Because under the old rule, we were not going to be able to deduct those for tax purposes. And that was a huge income, phantom income surprise that people weren't (laughs) expecting. And we warned everybody their tax bill would probably be high. And now we're going to get to renege in a good way, I guess, on that (laughs) statement. So that was the good news. Anything else that I'm not thinking of? Oh, yes. The... Idle forgiveness, the idle oh, grant yes. is no longer a reduction in your PPP forgiveness. That's so true. that's another free uh, up to $10,000, depending on how much you received, mm-hmm. if you received any at all. And the uh, fact that you can get the employee retention credit now in addition to the PPP loan and not one or the other. Right. Yeah, because under the old rules, if you got the PPP which was infinitely more valuable than the employee retention credit, then you couldn't do the employee retention credit. And they took that prohibition off the table. So now if you qualify for the ERC, then you can do that even if you got a PPP loan. The question is going to be whether you qualify. I think most of our Texas 
clients are going to qualify because of the government. The governor required shutdown for non-emergency procedures. A lot of other states will as well, but it's going to be on a basically an area by area basis. It's not a sure thing. So, is that like a state by state basis or subdivision of the state? Uh, well, if if there was a state shutdown, like we Texas had a state shutdown, that's going to apply. Okay, but there were some places I think, like in the beginning, Dallas County had a shutdown, but some of the other counties didn't before Abbott got involved. So, if he hadn't gotten involved, then you know Dallas. County Dennis may have gotten something that Collin County didn't. So I think if your state didn't have a mandated shutdown, then you're going to, if you go to your region, you still might have a chance. Good. So okay, depends. Basically, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> but most likely, I would say. Now, there's also this other way of qualifying for the ERC credit as well, right? Right. Besides from Good point. Yes. And so if you have a greater than 50% reduction in income, in any quarter of 2020 versus 2019, so that's your patient collections, your revenue, whatever you want to call it, cash that you received as income in your hand, if that reduced more than 50%, then you qualify whether there was a shutdown or not. So it could be just economic-based, and that's going to be easy to show. And, and in that case, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you qualify during the quarter you were 50% or less, mm -hmm. and you continue to qualify until you... Uh, go back to 80% or more. Right. That's right. Okay. I actually know those rules fairly well. It's the one under the government shutdown that I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just the period during the government shutdown. That makes sense to me, but I haven't actually looked into those rules because we didn't think they were going to apply. For whatever reason, it seems obvious that they should apply, but there were there were several reasons that no one believed they were going to apply to most dentists, but we think they are now. And so I need to go research those. I'm not sure. I think a lot of people thought it was uh, you had to do 50% and mm, no, be shut down. It's, or it's definitely an or. Yeah. It's definitely an or. So that's the good news. And what about some of the clients probably wondering, where do I take that credit? How do I take that credit? What <laughs> quarter do I take that wonder. credit about? <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of those details we don't know yet, and we can probably do a whole episode on employer retention credit. Mm -hmm. We're hoping the IRS simplifies the process, but as of now, the only way, I think, to take the credit would be to amend. And you're probably going to be looking at the the second quarter of 2020. So you would have to go back and amend that 941. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be time-consuming in the fact that the IRS is moving so slowly that it's going to take forever for it to be processed and then forever for it to be refunded. And by forever, I mean months. You're looking at, I would say, nine-month minimum on the process, and I think that's on a, in a good case. Do we know yet if you can take the credit against a future quarter, or do you have to get it refunded? You could take it against, a few, you could take it against the current or future quarter if you had taken it at that time, but it wasn't available at that time because oh. of the prohibition. So as it is now, you're probably going to get it refunded. You could take it against a future quarter, but I don't. I think you would be allowed to, but logistically I wouldn't because the timing is never going to work out with the IRS. So you're going to say you have this credit available and you're going to short your deposits, but they're not going to have processed it and they're going to say you late paid and it's, that would be a nightmare. So I would go refund all the way on because that. Because they're, they're so quick in processing returns now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we're hoping the IRS comes up with some easier way so that perhaps on a current 941 you could claim it. 
which is completely different. Then you can claim it electronically. There's no back processing backlog of the IRS. And so a lot of things are taken off the table. But at this point, there is nothing easy about it. Yeah. Okay. And it's not super urgent for them to apply for this credit right away because they can technically amend the 941 for up to three years. Right. Right. So you're looking at roughly the statute would run out in three years from July of 2020. Right. So you've got you've got time. Yeah. Okay. Good. So <laughs> We're not even a year yet. All yet. the guidelines are out. Right. Right. So yeah, that one is low on our list to, to try to figure <laughs> out, unfortunately, because we do have some time on that. So let's talk about PPP round two because oh, yes. that's really this this podcast was going to be all about PPP forgiveness, and then when PPP round two became a reality, nobody cared about forgiveness anymore. All oh, the yes. questions now are. Tell me about round two. How, How do, do I, I get, get it? More money? <laughs> what do I do? What do I need to know? And so we'll focus on that. If we get to forgiveness, great. If not, we'll we'll come back to it. Um, again, forgiveness is not urgent. People think it's urgent, but it, it's not as urgent as the round two would be. So how do I calculate my benefit for round two? You want to know the rules or do you want to know what the bank's going to say? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> That's an interesting question <laughs> of itself. <laughs> I mean... There are two ways to calculate it. You can calculate it based on 2019 average payroll cost or 2020 average payroll cost. So now that we're a year ahead, under the first application, it had to be based on 2019. Unless you weren't open, there were some special rules. But if you were open all of 2019, you based it on 2019, and it's two and a half months worth of your average 2019 payroll costs. Unless. Unless. You're a, what, restaurant? Oh, yeah, I'm not. I don't even know. Okay. Didn't care. Yes, you're correct. There are different rules for we have to that. Some clients that have restaurants. <laughs> yeah. um, those do not. They're three and a half times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Three and a half times. Yeah. But who is it besides the restaurants? Uh, it's mostly a, hospitality. Yeah, that's hospitality. the term that hospitality. I use. Mm-hmm. That's right. I yeah. never remember that. Yeah. Okay. So your lodging and, and mm-hmm. bar and grills and things like that. Okay. So music venues, I think. To oh. maybe part of that, I'm not sure. But anyway, that, that's for another day and time. So, yeah. So, if your 2020 payroll costs miraculously are higher than 2019, which I, they could be, but I think that's going to be a rarity. It's rare. But, you know, if they weren't in business the full year 2019, right. then that's 2020 might be higher. Right. But so, you're probably going to be applying for the exact same amount. You know, assuming you applied for the right amount on your first loan, then you're going to apply for the same amount. And according to the rules, if you go to the same bank and you apply with the same numbers, all you have to do is basically submit your application. But we're Uh finding out that (laughs) rules and practicality are not necessarily the same thing. Ash, what did you discover? Oh, yesterday I had a very exciting conversation with a lender, with one of the bigger banks. Yeah. And he basically told me that, yes, it is true, our system may have the 2019 information. However, there is no guarantee that the new loan application will go to the same loan officer. Of course. And this new loan officer is not, there's a possibility he's not going to take the time to dig through the system to pull out that old information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in reality- I, we're here, are, here we are in 2020, right? I'm assuming they can pull up your account and find the old information at their fingertips because that's what we would be able to do in our office, right? Right. Apparently, that's not the case. No, that's not always the case. And they said that, you know, in in an event like that, there's a possibility this officer may just move on to the next client. Right. That may push you far behind. And it sounded like more than a possibility, like that would be the likelihood. Right. It's absolutely true. So So. even though you don't 
under the SBA rules, you don't have to provide the information again. You don't have to provide the support again. If the bank asks for it and you don't do it, they're going to potentially it. pass you by. Correct. Okay. And even if the bank is only asking for one quarter's worth of the 941 report, mm -hmm. they've specifically said to include all four. Okay. It makes it easier for them to do the calculation on their end. Okay. It just expedites the process. What we thought was going to be simple is going to be just as cumbersome as, as the first round, right. most likely. Well, and, and, and isn't the actual rule now that if your loan you're requesting is below 150000 you don't have to provide documentation? That's specifically for the reduction. We, we didn't even talk about that piece. Right. The reduction in revenue of 25%. So to even qualify for round two of PPP, you have, a, you have to have a reduction in revenue of at least 25% of any quarter of 2020 versus a quarter of 2019. Now, these are assuming you were open in 2019. There are some other rules if you weren't open the whole year. But if you were open in 2019 and 2020, you had to have a 25% reduction in any one of those quarters to qualify for round two. And uh, so that is what you don't have supposedly under the rules don't have to provide support for. Uh, okay. But you would still have to provide support for the payroll cost. Okay. But it sounds like we're probably going to have to provide that support right. as well. So there's a difference. Again, and this happened last time, there's a difference between SBA rules and bank mm -hmm. rules. And unfortunately, the banks are the ones pulling the switch. So you have to go with what the banks say, even yep. if they make it more difficult. Yeah, that's true. I, I know... The first round, I mean, we did a lot of educating of the banks because they are behind on the rules. And that's not a criticism. There were changes. The changes were coming so fast that they just could not keep up. But this is the same thing all over again. We know what the rules are and the banks don't know what the rules are, unfortunately. They have a better idea. But some of them, I know some banks that were involved in round one aren't even doing it this time. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just not worth the trouble? Uh, that's what I've heard. Okay. Yeah, I could name a few. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've heard that exact thing. It's not worth the trouble from at least two two banks. Okay. Right. And they've categorized the banks too, right? They they have these various tiers. Right. You've got Sub your size. micro cap banks mm -hmm. and cool. I don't know what the middle one is, then your large money center banks. Right. And the micro cap minority owned banks are going first. Right. Yep. They will be processing the applications first. And I know they were supposed to open on on Wednesday, that is they were supposed to open Wednesday, which is yesterday, as, that, of our as of our recording. <laughs> so this will be a few days old by the time you hear this. But my point is, I don't think that became true. I heard that they weren't going to start opening in reality until Friday. Well, they're accepting applications, but uh, the SBA isn't allowing them to afford them yet. Okay. So they're accepting them and putting them in line Got in the it. order in which they receive them. So, the, so I've been telling clients, go ahead and apply so you can get in line. Yeah. Now. They didn't disperse all the funds out of the first PPP round, so we're not saying you better get your application in today or you're not going to get any money. Unless people will qualify this time. That's true. Because not everybody had a 25% drop. It's true. Right. Yeah. We're finding, what, about 75%? Honestly, I don't know that. Yeah, I think it, the, at my last check, it was roughly about 75% okay. of our clients had, had the requisite drop. Okay. Not all of them. So that, that's the good news. Yeah. Except for the ones that dropped like 22%. You know? <laughs> like oh, just not enough. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I've talked to a couple of those too. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the quarter that they should be looking at primarily, especially mm-hmm. for our clients here in the mm-hmm. DFW area, right. it should be quarter two. Quarter two of 2020 is most likely the one you're going to qualify under. And, and I wouldn't think that would be just in DFW area. I, mean, I agree. I, and okay. not just in Texas, but okay. because most people were closed the last week or 10 days of March, right. all of April, and the first week or two of May. And and some much more than that. Yes. But at least that much. Yes. And so I don't know if anybody opened as late as into the second quarter. I think they probably did. But the vast majority were open most of the second quarter and most of the first quarter. So it's your... Excuse me, most of the third quarter right. were open and most of the first quarter they were open. So it's your second quarter that's going to be the the key. If you don't qualify for that one, you probably aren't going to qualify. Yeah, I agree. So now there is a provision where you can look at the entire year, but even though that sounds good, you actually would have to be down more than the 25%. So that's probably not going to help. Because if you do look at the whole year, you have to have a 25% decline year over year. Mm-hmm. So you must have had 25% decline quarter over quarter. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anything else on that topic? Yeah. You know, there was actually this interesting question I got from a client recently. I guess she had the application in front of her for the PPP round two. Mm -hmm. And there was a section there that was asking for, oh, please put in your calculated monthly payroll amount. Now, because round two is allowing you to pick between 2019 or 2020, Mm -hmm. She was saying, okay, so the 2019 is fairly easy. I just look at the total payroll divided by 12 and get my monthly uh, payroll. However, 2020, because we had the eight-week shutdown, Mm -hmm. do I divide it by 10 instead of 12? Mm. Because that would significantly give me a higher payroll, monthly payroll expense. I don't have a good feeling about it working that way. Uh, I'm pretty sure it does not work that way. I'm pretty sure it does not work that way. (laughs) Yes. So that's pretty uh, creative for your client. It is. (laughs) It was. I was actually very impressed. Lucky for her. I had the conversation with the lender after having this conversation with her. So I actually asked them, I'm like, what do you recommend? You know, this person has a point. And they were like, no, the monthly average will be calculated (laughs) divided by 12. Doesn't matter whether it's 2020 or 20. Right. So the fact that you were closed is not going to be a factor. Correct. Basically. So there, it might be in your favor to use the 2019 numbers, mm-hmm. unless you're in that weird situation mm-hmm. where you were Schedule C, moved to you know an S corp in 2020, and then you're paying yourself a salary and your payroll expense went up. Right. But other than that, I think for most people, 2019 payroll, the numbers you've already calculated during the first round mm-hmm. of PPP, should be in your favor. Right. I know I've heard from some clients that now that they're going back and looking at it, they realize they calculated it wrong. The first time Mm -hmm. they didn't include employer matching contributions to the Mm -hmm. 401k or some such Mm -hmm. thing or insurance or Mm -hmm. whatever. So they're refining their calculations this time going forward. And and honestly, since they never ran out of the money in the first round and there are less people qualified this time, I really don't think they're going to run out of the money this time. I agree. I mean, you you never know, but I agree. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so when you talk about employer match on the retirement and things like that. There was a question when we were applying the first time around, you know, if I fund my, if I pay my whole retirement contribution that month, do I get to deduct that? And we, we now know those answers better than we did before. So the answer is no. You get to, to use two and a half months, basically, 10 weeks, whatever, however you want to say that, of that cost. It doesn't matter that you paid it all. It has to be incurred, which means it has to belong to that period. And all the same rules apply for PPP2 as PPP1. You have to spend 60% on payroll. 
the other costs are for, are for utilities. Rent. Yeah, rent, mortgage interest. There's a few new They did add PPE. Now, and they added um, other. Well, they, they, <laughs> they also added, added the things you had to add to your office to socially distance, you know, like the place of glass shields right, and things. Right. They added that. You I, can I guess use I that to pay for that. I counted that as PPE, but okay. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So all of that. So all the masks and all of those get to be included, but that's still limited to 40%. So it really doesn't help us a lot because we had enough rent and utilities to yeah. get to that 40% number. So 60% still has to be on payroll items. That includes your insurance, employee insurance, employee retirement, things like that. And I think the state unemployment was included. That was the only tax that was included. Yeah. yeah. There were like a couple dollars yeah. that were included on most of our I calculations. I think ours was $24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so all of that is still the same. There's still the same caps for, for, for individuals. It was that 46154 number. That was for owners. That's for non-owners. Those are for no. staff and for okay, owners, right. it was 15385. Which is a weird number. And I assume it still has a 24-week period under the new one? I think it's 8 to 24 weeks. Okay. So it's still almost exactly the same rules. And the new loans are all five years. Okay. If you got your loan after June the 5th of 2020, it's a five-year loan. Now, I did read today that if you got your loan prior to June the 5th Mm -hmm. and don't have it all forgiven, you can actually negotiate with your lender to extend it from two years to five years. Okay. I can't imagine a lender is going to agree to that. No. At 1%. Based, based on our luck with the lenders, I would say no. They're so, going to do what they want to do. Since they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm, right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, but 1%, you can hardly beat that. And under the new rules, you've got a greater chance than ever of 100% forgiveness because the idol's not going to reduce it. Your only real problem of getting a reduction is if if you cut your staff. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Same thing, just yeah. like last time. Yeah. And it's less of a risk, my opinion, this year than it was last year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be in good shape on, yeah. on full forgiveness on this round. I agree. Any other questions you got from your clients? The only other one that I can think of is, again, going back to the application, I think there's a section that asks for how many employees do you have? And it doesn't specify if it's FTE or the actual body count. Mm. This is on the, the PPP, round two, round two PPP application. application. And this person ultimately decided to go with the number of employees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she made a good point. She said, you know, if they are going to use the 941s for support, mm-hmm. you have the number of employees. They're right. not FTE. You don't have hours on a 941, so you can't figure FTEs from a 941. No. Right. So I would say that's probably the safer choice, yeah. the actual body count. I see. Yes. How many different employees do I have? <laughs> do Not I have. dead body count. <laughs> right. no, be live body working. count. Yes. Okay, so I think that kind of covers round two for the most part, unless there are more specifics. Have we gotten more specific questions? I don't think so. I mean, I pretty much covered the questions I've heard from clients, mm-hmm. and most of it has to do with the application process and, and how the banks are telling them different things, again, right. than what we're telling them, mm-hmm. or what the SBA is promulgating. Mm-hmm. There was something I was going to bring up a minute ago. I can't remember now what it was. I think it had to do with the automatic forgiveness, again, is 150000 That hadn't changed. Uh, something about documentation. 
Right. And I think I know what you're talking about because a lot of the banks are still using their old portal for the forgiveness. Mm. They haven't updated their... Well, SBA hasn't updated the forms either. I see. So that's probably probably why. why. Yeah. Yeah, because I looked at them this morning, in fact, to see. Because I'm, you know, they changed the simplified... They changed the fact that there is a simplified method for between fifty and one hundred and fifty thousand. I assume that's going to be on the S, the simplified form, but they could make a whole new form. I don't know. They, there's no revision, so the the S, the simplified form, still says still says fifty thousand, and there's no new form. And if they haven't updated it, I'm sure the banks haven't updated it because there's nothing to update yeah. it to. So. They're still behind on that. I think they're focused on the new loans. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, unfortunately, we were saying delay your forgiveness application right. because we were hoping for that 150000 rule. Now we've got the rule, but no forms. So, we're saying <laughs> delay your forgiveness application because there's nothing you can do yet. Right. No, and, and, and again, I've had clients asking me, right. you know, this week, should we apply now? Right. It's like, and I, no. I would have said <laughs> yes. Right. I would have said yes. Because there's really no more reason to delay. But again, there's no urgency. You have. Well, that's one of the most misunderstood things is they keep asking me, how long do I have? Yeah. And the answer is there is no deadline. Until you have paid your loan in full, there's no deadline to apply for for forgiveness. But whatever you've paid, you do not get reimbursed. But if you apply within 10 months. Of the end of the 24 weeks, I'm sorry that I'm speaking like a law, but that's that's the rule. <laughs> so most of your 24 weeks ended around October. Right. You have 10 months from that date, whatever that date is for you, before you submit. As long as you submit for forgiveness within that time period, then you don't have to start making payments. And then you have, six. I think the bank has 60 days to process that application. And, so and, and so. you don't have to make payments during that 60 days right. either. You don't have right. to make payments to until make the payments SBA until makes, a decision makes a decision on forgiveness. That's right. Yeah. So as long as you apply within that 10-month period, you don't have to start paying. And if you don't start paying and you get forgiven, then it's all good. And so the real deadline is sometime this August. Right. Something right. something yeah. like that. I but you have to apply. We'll apply yeah. before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once these new regulations come down, there's Assuming you didn't have a reduction in employee in the number of hours or 25% of their hourly rate, then there's no reason to not just move forward with with the application because it's going to be pretty simplified. If that does not apply to you and you did have those employee reductions, the application I think is fairly complex in my opinion, and I would definitely be getting a professional to handle that. that, again, my opinion. I think the other ones are not going to be that big of a deal. But that full application, you know, when the accountants have trouble working through it, then I don't really want a client doing it because you've got a lot on the line here. You've got a lot of money that could risk not being forgiven. Well, and what about those that already got forgiveness but had their idle grants deducted from the amount of forgiveness? That is that is being reimbursed. So that will be forgiven. The SBA came, SBA came down with the ruling that it will also be forgiven. So even if you were forgiven a partial piece of your PPP and they kept that $10,000 amount on there, that that will be reversed and you should get notified that you do not have to pay that. All right. Great. Which is the good news. Because I wasn't sure. I was afraid they'd be out of luck, honestly. I was too. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much all good news. That is all good news. It's just not that complicated, but it's precise. You have to do things a certain way. 
and just wait on forgiveness still. I know we keep saying that, but that's the best advice we can give right now. Not much longer. We're getting closer. We're almost there. Yeah, Yeah, we're almost there. So hopefully by the time we do the actual PPP forgiveness (laughs) podcast, which was supposed to be today, (laughs) then it'll be time. I told someone this morning, I think about three weeks from now. You think that's it? Is probably when they'll start getting all their portals updated and be ready to take the applications, the new forgiveness applications. Oh, forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness applications. Yeah. That that seems reasonable to me. Okay. So great. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.